1: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
2: Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at FoxSportsRadio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now
0: let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox
2: Sports Radio. Live in Los Angeles. It's the Hurt. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. So, J-Mac... I've been saying this week, there's no such thing as working with Bill Belichick. You're working for Bill Belichick. Is that with all the rings and all the intimidation, he's fairly rigid. He likes what he likes. That you, this idea that you could bring a GM in and he would work with Bill and make big, powerful decisions that Bill may disagree with, because if you work with somebody, you don't always agree. I think you're working for Bill. Yeah. Even if it's not New England. That's interesting. Uh, so, am I working with you or for you? Well, we both work for Fox. That, that's that's actually. And we try to work together. To- well. Okay. So, but I think Tom Curran, NBC Four in in Boston, was talking about Belichick, and there's a lot of talk about he'll relinquish his GM duties with the Patriots. And Curran, very plugged in, says, "Give me a break."
3: We got a whole lot of folks saying, hey, Bill's willing to relinquish GM duties. To which I say, come on. The guy is a master linguist. He said he'd be in favor of, quote, collectively what we decide as an organization is best to help our football team. He's part of that collective. But do you think he's going to agree to punt on final say? You think, for instance, he's going to be fine with wanting Jaden Daniels at number three? And somebody else saying, yeah, no,
0: Bill, uh, we're not doing that. We're actually trading down
3: or is someone telling bill that a fat chunk of cap space is going to be spent on something bill disagrees with again come on
2: so and that's one of the bill realities i know colin kissed the ring colin look at the resume you guys resumes are yesterday i want tomorrow Uh, i think he could go to washington draft drake may and build structure washington is starving for structure and bill provides that no question And if he gets the right quarterback, they get Drake. Bill could win. I'm not denying that. But if you asked me to have a coaching tier based on strengths, weaknesses, liabilities, tier one would be Jim Harbaugh. He has no holes. He wins everywhere immediately. He's an offensive coach. It's an offensive league. And more than any available coach, he's an expert in college personnel because for the last eight, nine years, he's recruited all of it. Mike Vrabel and Tomlin would be my tier twos. I don't think either would have to be the GM and wouldn't fight with you. They just want opinions. They're tough guys and culture builders, very good with structure. And number three, Ben Johnson, Dan Quinn, and Belichick all have major holes. Ben Johnson's never been a head coach. Dan Quinn's success is tied to one coordinator, Kyle Shanahan. And Bill is tone-deaf offensively. It's not worth arguing. The last 4 years without Brady, the Patriots are bad and have gotten significantly worse every year. The further away Brady gets in the rearview mirror, the uglier the windshield is. They're bad. So, listen, I I think all of these, those are 6 coaches, they could all be successful. But I do worry about the holes with Ben Johnson, Dan Quinn and Belichick. I don't think Harbaugh has a hole He's going to be the expert like Pete Carroll right out of USC or Jimmy Johnson right out of Miami. They had like a three- to a four-year window. They just knew personnel better than all their NFL peers. They'd recruited all of it, seen high school tape. They knew the odometer reading. With that, Steve Kime, my friend, former NFL GM, 10 years in Arizona, three playoff appearances, draft Kyler Murray. So it's interesting. A head coach is hired. Usually there's an owner. And then there's the general manager. But if Bill gets hired, Steve, a GM would know it's not the best day for him, right? Like his power is going to be usurped. Do you think like Washington, for instance, it's got a rich new owner. um, Would a GM even have a say with Bill or is this an owner move in your
3: experience? You know, I think, Colin, if if, uh, Bill respected the the GM, uh, it could certainly work cohesively. Uh, I know he worked well with Nick Casario, who is in uh, Houston right now. But I think there's a number of conversations that need to happen. I mean, number one, I think Robert Kraft has to find out whether Bill Belichick wants to be back, whether he has the passion or not to lead the organization. And number two, um, you know, what's the plan moving forward? Robert Kraft is the owner. and He has owed uh, the right to know what is the plan moving forward? How are we going to fix these things? And number three, how are we going to hold you accountable as the general manager? You have made some poor decisions. Uh, the roster is not up to speed right now. And how are we going to fix this? And I think always to, to some degree, especially guys like bill i think they do respect good football men if there are variances of opinions because to me again it sort of opens up eyes and and is, is very very healthy for an organization to have those variances of opinions
2: mike vrabel fired i was a bit shocked reads like a power struggle don't think he'll be unemployed long what did you make of the dismissal of mike vrabel
3: yeah, I was shocked, Colin. I uh, I think Mike Vrabel is one of the better head coaches in the National Football League. Uh, again, I know he's a defensive coordinator in terms of background, but his leadership of men, his ability uh, to set a culture is second to none, and I think certainly he's going to be unemployed uh, very, very shortly here. We know
2: it's an offensive league, Steve. The rule changes indicate that. It's like 11 or 12 of your playoff teams have offensive coaches. Um would you be concerned a little about a Tomlin of Rabel or because they're on the side of the ball that increasingly has limitations?
3: Well, I certainly think that's a question, Colin, but I I think the uh, better question is is who who are you going to have as your offensive coordinator? Who is going to lead that quarterback room? Who is going to develop a player at the most important position in the National Football League? And I think that if you can address that position, and and again, I know Bill has a guy like uh, Bill O'Brien, who has a tremendous amount of respect in the National Football League and who's had some success. So there are some good quarterback coaches and uh, offensive coordinators out there who can certainly get the job done.
2: So, um, Chicago has retained Matt Eberflus. They've moved off offensive people. It doesn't mean that that Matt loves Justin Fields. And I said this earlier. Caleb Williams, with only one elite player in two years, Jordan Addison, led the nation in offense. They didn't really have a good offensive line this year. They didn't have a powerful run game. So, even if your scouts, if I ran the Bears and my scout said, He's even with Justin Fields. I would say, okay, I'm going to draft him because I can restart the salary clock. And I don't think he's even with Justin Fields. If you ran the Bears, is it as obvious as I'm making it that you need to move Justin, get some draft capital, and draft Caleb? It it feels obvious to me.
3: Yeah, Colin, I would certainly attempt to, to move Justin. I think he's a fine player, but uh, to be able to trade him to somewhere like Atlanta or Washington, there's a, enough quarterback-needy teams that would certainly be in play for a, a guy like Justin Fields. The other fact of the matter is, is you have to determine whether you're going to pay a quarterback like Justin Fields, who, again, I think is a fine player, but he's not a special player. He's not a guy that you played $45-$50 million to. And then, quite frankly, from a cap standpoint, to be able to reset, like you said, and to draft Caleb Williams, again, I think it's sort of that mindset. Do you, do, you, do you not draft Michael Jordan because Clyde Drexler is playing that position for your team? You take the special talent, the guy who can reset your organization, who can put you light years ahead. And, that, and that's, to me, the decision they have to make. Um, Russell Wilson
2: situation. So Sean Payton says we haven't made a decision yet. My gut is they've made a decision. It's just not public. I, I said earlier is that the reason I'd move off him is a fairly simple one. That his production this year, 29 total touchdowns, 13 giveaways, is okay. But that's not going to rise dramatically. His contract is. So it's like a bad mortgage. I'm going to be paying a lot more, and the house is decreasing in value or staying the same. So again, that looks like an easy one. That his production, it wasn't terrible. It's a cost issue more than a production issue. That's what it feels like to me. What would you do if you're in Denver?
3: Yeah, listen when, when you look at the decision for for the denver broncos that they uh made to to trade for russell wilson and to give him that big contract i mean supply and demand is the real issue here uh there's not enough quarterbacks to go around the league but now you're looking at an aging quarterback whose skills are are somewhat deficient and and is declining in, in his play uh to me does not warrant a 50 million dollar contract anymore and to me this is the point in time where you have to cut the cord you have to minimize your losses moving forward and you now have to reset to me, you look at Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, it looks like oil and water, in my opinion. It doesn't seem like his type of guy. And to me, as an organization, you got to cut your losses and move forward.
2: Jim Harbaugh seems like the obvious best coach. Jim is a disruptor. Jim's going to do it his way, mm-hmm. but his teams are good, fast, and they're physical. If you were a GM, it may not be in your best interests to hire him, but don't you owe the owner the best coach? What do you do with Harbaugh if you're a GM? <clears throat>
3: Yeah, as a general manager, Colin, you owe the organization to do the right thing. And as much uh, maintenance may come with a guy like Jim Harbaugh at times that he may be hard-headed or may be hard to work with, uh, the results speak for themselves. I mean, I think he was 44-19 with the 49ers. Uh, not only does he have a great track record in the NFL, he's done it at every level, whether it's been San Diego, Stanford, uh, obviously now at the University of Michigan, he has won everywhere he's been. And to me, as a general manager, if you're know if you going to have to have some battles and you're going to have to, again, I think some of those conversations that are tough to have, Colin, are, are spirited, good conversations that are healthy for an organization instead of looked at as such a problem or that they're confrontations.
2: Yeah. All right, Steve Kime, great seeing you as always. Uh, I appreciate you stopping by, and we'll talk off-air as well soon. Thank you, Steve.
3: Great to see you, Colin. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Justin Fields thing, he's not a $40 million player. Come on, what are we doing here? If, if he was just even with Caleb, you'd make the move for the salary cap. What about Eberflus? There's no coach salary cap. I'd move them both. I'm not retaining both. I mean, you, you're, you, you can't bring both back. It doesn't work. It's 10 and 28. It doesn't work. And you can't be incrementally better. Joe Burrow didn't make the Bengals incrementally better. Josh Allen didn't make the Bills incrementally better. That's not the game. It's not... Well, slow... I mean, Josh, Jordan Love, from October to December, made a massive uptick in production. More so than Justin Fields has made in three years. So Jordan Love, in two months, went from uh to wow. Jordan Love, eight weeks, made major strides. I mean, C.J. Stroud, college to pro... <laughs> Week one to week 12. Three months. Is he, is he a top seven quarterback in the league? He is good. He is. I have a buddy who watched tape. He's like, he's better than people think. He's that good. That's not a great O-line. So if you got guys like C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love in two and three months making Grand Canyon size leaps, you, you can't give me incrementally better three years later. No, I'm not
4: paying that. Can I ask you, what is the argument to keep Iberflus? Because couldn't well, you I, say, like, listen, we got the number one pick, an improving defense. We're going to get a really good head coach. Like, this is an attractive job. Oh, I think. Uh, would Vrabel take it? I don't know. But, like, why? Are, again, I'm not saying fire Eberflus. I'm just asking, why, why do you think keep him but well, get rid of all the staff?
2: Like, I wouldn't, but they probably didn't want to blow everybody out of the building. They probably argue the defense we like. We like how he drafts and develops defense. We like what he's done with the defense. We've given our offense all sorts of new personnel. It's still bad. We've given our defense a few more defensive players. We even moved off Roquan Smith. We moved off some good defensive players, acquired one, two. So I would argue their argument is, listen, neither has been good enough, but if we have to keep one, you don't have a salary cap for coaches. Mm. So you, you keep – I would have moved off both. I would go Ben Johnson, Caleb Williams, start the clock and go. So if you're an offensive coordinator, let's just – I'm just going to throw out it Kellen Moore. Let's no, it's a, not – see, that, that, that's why I wouldn't have done this because who's going to take that, that job? That's what I don't get. I, well, I you know, I don't get the Bears either, ever. I wouldn't have done that because now you're not going to get a good staff. Yeah. You, you've got a lame duck coach. You're not going to get
4: a good it, staff. It's just something – it feels weird. And I'm not – fire Eberflus for sure. I didn't love what he had done. Now they
2: finished okay, but – I I I mean, you're as good as as your staff. I mean, one of the reasons McVay and Shanahan are good, they have really good staffs. Always have really good staffs. One of the reasons the Steelers in the last two, three years have driven their fans crazy, their offensive coordinator. When did the Buffalo Bills get better this year? They moved off Ken Dorsey. They've been excellent since. What are they, six and one since? So you're as good. You can be a great head coach. If you have a weakness on your staff, I mean, the Jets are absolutely limited, in my opinion, with their current O.C., yeah. It's a totally average staff. And just remember, if you're letting him pick
4: the offensive coordinator, assuming he will, then the offensive coordinator is going to – what if Eberflus just says, hey, we don't want any high-profile throwing. We want to play – we win with defense in ground game. You know this is what these defensive coaches think. I just – something doesn't strike me right here, Colin. I,
2: I don't want to say dust the guy, but – Why don't you just
4: start, press the reset button, start completely over?
2: That's what I would do. I think, again, let's go back to it. You're as good as your staff. There's a reason John Harbaugh keeps winning. Part of it is Lamar Jackson. Another part of it is he builds really good staffs. His staffs get poached, and Sean McVay's staffs get poached, and Kyle Shanahan's staff gets poached, and Andy Reid's staff. The best coaches are usually really Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. That staff is outstanding sirianni lost his oc in dc and that team has taken a significant step back so you're you're as you know the quarterback's the most important thing and the head coach is second but if you don't think coordinators matter justin herbert was never better than his first year with shane steichen was never better jalen hurts never better than shane steichen so it it, it, these coordinator we don't talk about them They're really valuable, and the Bears are not going to get, I would imagine, who's going to take that gig? (laughs) I mean, it's... it's... Do you almost have to narrow your candidates to who
4: will fit with Caleb Williams, assuming he's your pick?
2: I I think a lot of people would fit with Caleb Williams. I think a lot of people.
4: It's different than Lamar Jackson with needing the pistol, and and
2: they definitely But even now, Lamar Jackson now. Now he's a different quarterback. Anybody can work with Lamar. There there was a time for two years that he had a certain style, but I think what they tried to do is bring a new OC in because their takeaway was he didn't have to run as much. He's just a great quarterback, which he is. Had a great parlay for you this weekend thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app real quick. New users, the code is HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download. Now for my parlay picks of the week via DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus four and a half. That's not the best number, but I think the Dolphins are a bit of an injury-plagued mess in zero degrees at Kansas City. Take the Chiefs. Listen, I don't think the Steelers can beat the Bills. Mike Tomlin, though, is a great underdog coach. Bad, cold, windy weather. I think 10's too many points to give up. I take Pittsburgh as the side. And yeah, 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 I'll take the Rams. Plus three at Detroit, head coach, quarterback advantages, Lions a bit banged up physically. You want to take the herd, parlay, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, download it quick. New users, the code is herd, H-E-R-D. Download the app, takes 90 seconds. New users, code is herd when you download the app.
0: 21-plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877 8 hope and or text hope and 467 369 See show notes for full details.
2: Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D.
0: 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance cdkng.co slash vball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources
1: there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel? It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
5: Do you love Selena?
4: Like, really love?
5: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
4: And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon.
5: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
2: By the way, the staff just sent this to me. Jordan Love in 17 starts, that's it, has 32 touchdown passes. Justin Fields has only eight more in over double the starts, and he's well. He's got DJ Moore. He's got Cole Komet, He had Chase Claypool. He like had dudes. He had Mooney. Like it's not like Chicago didn't go out and buy him some players. Like they had, they drafted guys. They've got him another tight end, a couple of receivers. So it's like more than twice the starts. Only eight more touchdown passes. You can blame whoever you want. <laughs> you can blame whoever you want. The reality is, it's a cost production business. Like Russell Wilson, production's here, cost is here. I got to move on. Justin Fields, the production's way down here, and the cost potentially in a year is here. That's all it is. It's it's just like your budget. The salary cap's a budget. Where can I spend my money? If I'm on the road 60 hours a week, I'm a salesperson, I'll pay more for the car. <laughs> if I'm in a cubicle, I won't. So it's a passing league. i got to have big boy production to give you an extension. J-Mac with the news. No, no,
3: no, no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News.
4: All right, so Jason Kelsey, the Eagles center, uh, went on WIP morning show in Philly. I think you said you were going to have a show there one time. uh, Saying that this team does not need to make any crazy offensive changes.
3: Last week, you know, we, we just didn't handle the blitz. Outside of that, we moved the ball pretty good. We had some good running game. I don't think we need to do a whole complete shift or revamp of the offense. I think we need to uh, do some things better uh, and and put ourselves in in better situations, coaches and players. The reality is, you know, the plays that we have in and have been doing all year, I think, are, are, are ones that we can have success with and have had success with.
2: I don't think he's wrong. I just think I have questions about the guy running the show. Okay. um, We love to play the blame game in the media. Give me your
4: top three reasons the Eagles right now are just failing, losing, I think, five of six. Give me your top three in order. Number one. Lost two great
2: coordinators. Okay. And that's number one. Well, they were 10-1, and one, I think, at some point without those coordinators. But... Well, no, no, go ahead. The longer those coordinators are gone, the worse it's gone. Okay. So that's number so one. So you can take basic er, a momentum. You know, even bad coaches. You go to college when the assistant takes over for the legend. They win for a year. Okay. All right. So they lost two elite coordinators. Number two, I think they have a very average head coach. Oh. And number three... They had to move off some defensive pieces for a defense that could be at times a bit inconsistent, and they're just not as good. But it's a it's a primarily a coaching issue. Just to be clear, this is not about Jalen Hurts, right? I I don't think there's any. No, 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 no. no. I like Jalen Hurts. You are hey, you go back and you look. I mean, Matt Stafford in the last three years, why is he better than all the Detroit years? He's got a better coach. Even great players... Mahomes would not be Mahomes with a defensive average coach. Even the best players need help. Brady would tell you today... Without Belichick and that defense, I'm not winning all those rings. Yeah, it's weird because didn't the Eagles have the best defense in the league last year? They had a great pass rush. Now, they had to move off linebackers. They had to move off a corner, a safety, a linebacker. Those are good players. So, I'm looking at their, and again, it's just one data point, but their PFF
4: grades. They missed Maddox a lot this season, the slot corner. Bradbury has been awful. He yeah. can't guard
2: anybody. They mad- and Slay has regressed. Okay, and they had a linebacker they moved off of right. who's had a very good year elsewhere. But, oh. Also, if the did they move off Gardner Johnson? Uh,
4: CJGJ or how do yeah, yeah. you? Say they moved yeah, off yeah. him. He's a good right. player too. It, it's one of those deals where if the defensive front isn't getting all that pressure and forcing these bad passes, maybe the cornerbacks just aren't great. Maybe yeah. Bradbury
2: and Slade just well, aren't again, very good. They're paying a lot of people. So Jalen Hurts, well, Kelsey, and
4: that's why I bring up Hurts. Fletcher he just Cox. got paid. Hurts just got paid a lot, and now Eagles fans go, "Oh, we gotta start cu-. this off There could—I don't want to say a bloodletting. But, like, no, you know, what happens if Lane Johnson and Kelsey say we're done? That, that's well, in-
2: Lane Johnson's not going to say that. Okay. I think it's possible with Kelsey. And then you have to go draft a center. That's what the draft is. Mean, Kelsey for. is like part of the heartbeat of that team, the there's brotherly no, shove. There's no question. I,
4: I don't want to say tough times ahead, but it could be a bit of a rocky offseason.
2: Philadelphia well, has always made moves even after Super Bowls. They they've make been moves. savvy.
4: Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Uh, next up, we've talked a lot about Justin Fields' future with the Bears, especially now that they've got the number one pick. Despite the prospect of drafting Caleb Williams, former NFL quarterback Chase Daniel, I think you remember him. He's been on the show here. He believes Fields is the answer to the Bears' franchise quarterback search.
2: Chase Daniel says Fields is the answer. Nice guy, he's not.
4: <laughs> Who's a nice guy? Yeah, Chase, or Chase but it, t- t- the,
2: the players don't consider cap, they don't consider injuries. If you took the cap issue out, aren't you a little concerned he's missed 11 starts? Eli Manning, far never missed any starts. I mean, like, even in Lamar, I love Lamar Jackson. You had to consider if you were the Ravens, the last two years he's been hurt. Joe Burrow with one more injury, I'm drafting another quarterback. And I love Joe Burrow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold time out. First round? I'm drafting him somewhere. Ber- Belichick was drafting Garoppolo in the second, and Tom was hoisting trophies. Didn't they just They've give had... Burrow $5,000 million? Yeah. Come on. You got all of the money, literally all of it. Yeah, and he's been banged up three straight years. So when I called him Glass Joe, I was spot on? Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> regardless of what you pay somebody, Injuries change everything. There's an argument to be made, and you and I have made it. You should draft a quarterback three out of four years. Well, they got Jake Browning. Jake Browning looked – listen, I I know people aren't going to say – No, he was pretty good. He was way better than anybody thought. Yeah, way better than I thought. I watched him in college at Washington. I didn't think he had an arm. He's limited. I thought he was a totally limited. limited downfield thrower. I thought he looked great. Uh,
4: Final story. Uh, Okay, here we go. On Christmas Day in the NBA, reports indicated that people around the Suns organization were feeling Durant was frustrated with the Bradley Beal injury and the, quote, underwhelming supporting cast. Well, Fox Sports' Melissa Rowland sat down for an exclusive interview with Durant, who refuted those claims. Saying, I don't want to get traded. I'm not frustrated because Brad was injured. I wasn't frustrated because of the role players on the team. It's like, yeah, we lose a game. You think I'm supposed to be happy after we lose a game? <laughs> I'm not frustrated with the whole situation. I may be frustrated at the moment at a bad play
2: or a tough stretch, but nah, I enjoy the grind. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> this, this, I would just, Suns fans are freaking out. It's a work in progress. This is an 82 game schedule. Last year, you had me believing the Sacramento Kings were going to... It's a work in progress. Uh, so, I mean, you can't bring in Bradley Beal and Durant and move on... And Grayson Allen and move off Chris Paul. And you're like, well, we're not great yet. Yeah. How many games into the season I mean, are we? Listen, we saw
4: Patrick Mahomes crack late in the season with the Chiefs. Like, we were like, oh, all these drops and he's not doing anything. Late in the season, he started. you started to see it unravel. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Durant got more
2: ticked off. Big game against the Lakers Thursday. Big one. They'll Katie. be fine. Where's the game at? Here. Oh, I'd go to that. Really? I'd go to that game. Okay. Once you get tickets. <laughs> I'd go to that. How game. do you know I don't
4: have tickets? No. Well, I got I got to lock in on work, man. This is this, is, you know. I'm focused.
2: Okay. Yeah. Sure. Jay mac with the news.
0: Well, that's the news.
1: And thanks for stopping
2: by. The herd. So I've, news. I've always had this theory that you can spot, like, if you go. um... They used to have, when I was a little kid, I watched Johnny Carson, right? So all the comedians that ended up on Johnny Carson were pretty good. But I can remember watching Drew Carey the first time or Gary Shandling the first time. And and, and Carson brought on a lot of comedians. But I remember watching specifically Gary Shandling, Albert Brooks. Yeah, I'm that old. The first time I saw Albert Brooks, I was like, oh, that guy's like a genius. I don't even know if I knew what the word meant when I was seven, eight years old. But I remember watching Carson and the truly great comedians after like a seven-minute set. That's it. Six, seven minutes. You were like, yeah, that's different. That, that, That is wow. And without exception, I'm not some talent scout. What do I know? I laugh like you laugh. The person that you thought was okay, eh. the person that you thought was great ended up having a great career on Carson. Seinfeld. Uh, The late Gary Shandling, Albert Brooks, identified largely as a genius comedically, still living, Um, and so I just don't think it takes that long. Now, in the NBA, it's different because the kids come into the league at 18. So your first couple years, they can't even drink at the hotel bar. But but in in like let's say football, if you get to Carson, your act is refined. Like by the time you get to Carson, you're funny or you're not. You're great or you're average. Same in the NFL. It doesn't take that long. You've been in college for three, four, some of these guys five years. So basketball, put that aside, there are guys that grow into games you don't see initially. But um, we were talking about during the break is that J-Mac asked me. We were talking about C.J. Stroud, and I said by like week two with Joe Burrow in the NFL, I was like, wow, he is accurate. C.J. Stroud. And I don't think you got to give the coach or the coordinator or even the receivers the credit. His accuracy downfield is top five in the league. Now, I'm not saying he didn't have a good coordinator. And and Tank Dell, you know, like some of those guys, he had Nico Collins uh, earlier. Tank Dell's hurt. Nico Collins. I'm not saying the receivers don't count. Dalton Schultz, the tight end. But his accuracy is crazy. By the second, third game, you're like, my God. He's like one of the most accurate throwers in the league. And J Mac asked me, "Give me the question you asked me during the break." I, I, will, I, would like I was change, going crazy. I'd like c- to change
4: it, but he—he's uh, basically Cowherd is on the break, just glowing about C.J. Stroud. He's the man. His deep passing. And I say, "Who would you rather have the next five years?
2: C.J. Stroud or Trevor Lawrence?" And I you said, "C.J. C.J. Stroud, absolutely." And I—I I mean, let uh, me throw this at you: uh, th- C.J. Stroud's rookie year with a defensive coach this year, is similar, if not better, than Trevor Lawrence's best season. 23 TDs, 5 picks, 101 passer rating. Best year for Lawrence, 25 touchdowns, 8 picks, and a 95 passer rating. Now, they both play in the same division, so you can't use that, and they both play in the same conference, so they Mm. face the same defensive coordinators. So it would lead me to believe that Stroud's better. If Stroud is this good this fast... He's the better quarterback. So and this and by the I, way, I know yeah. all you fanboys, I'm sure you knew he was going to be this good. Houston didn't know he was going to be this good. Nobody, Nobody thought he was going to be this good. His comp, we said it on the air, his comp was Jared Goff. And my take was, well, Jared Goff's top 12 in the league. That's possible. I like Bryce Young because the way he moved, but he looks very small. The minute you see Bryce Young in the NFL with no good receivers, yeah. you're like, he's overwhelmed. But I'm saying, t- C.J. Stroud, to me, it's classic Joe Burrow. It's classic comedian on Seinfeld. You can watch six, seven minutes. You can watch C.J. Stroud for a half, and he will make a wow throw every half. And I mean stuff like, I'm not sure anybody but like Mahomes, Burrow, and how many guys in the plats, how good I think his accuracy is. And he can do it off-platform, on, moving left, moving right. That dude, he just lets go of the ball. He made a throw about three weeks ago, and he was, he was off-platform. Up the left side, a sideline throw, and I mean it had to be in a a spot as big as the football off balance moving, and I just like okay, there's five people in the world that can make that throw so this four maybe what's pretty cool about the NFL, right? Like,
4: you yeah. can you can make a statement. C.J. Stroud is an amazing deep ball thrower, and I can look up the stats and see if it backs it up. He's third so, in big pass plays as a rookie. So do Third! You, do you want me to... I, I'm sure the audience would love it if I knocked you down a peg here, but according to Pro Football Focus, yeah. C.J. Stroud, second best completion percentage on passes of 20 yards or more in the NFL. Number one will shock you. Um, his name is Brock Purdy with his deep ball accuracy. Mm-hmm. But C.J. Stroud on passes of 20 or more yards, eight touchdowns, Zero interceptions.
2: Pretty phenomenal. I'm just and saying Trevor Lawrence is you know his close accuracy to the top ten, but not his 10. accuracy on plays down the field. It's freakish. It is freakish. And you could see it immediately. It's like what the hell. It is it's like Stafford. Like Matt Stafford's one of those guys on thirty plus, you're like, that's way too easy. It looks like Stafford. It is just a naturally gifted thrower who effortlessly makes 37-yard throws into small windows. So now let me rearrange a question. Next five years, C.J.
4: Stroud or Jordan Love? C.J., uh, you got to think no, I, about I, I, that. Well, well,
2: well, well, I would say C.J. Stroud uh-huh. because of his ability to be great with a defensive coach. It does matter that you've sat for three years, it's Matt fair. LaFleur, and all those receivers. Jordan Love's got some special stuff, he too. He does. He moves better than CJ. Not nearly as good of a deep ball thrower um, well, percentage-wise. By the way, what, what I'm saying is, on just the deep ball stuff, what you're watching with CJ Stroud is not a coordinator. It's not a coach. It's not a tight end or receiver. It's CJ Stroud. And it is um, it is unbelievable how good he is. So it is he- Matt Stafford, to me, is one of the best... 40-yard throws, Stafford does it. He flicks. It's John Elway. It's just a flick. It is effortless. That's what it looks like. So you know the smart
4: teams, when they get a quarterback on the rookie deal, what's like the second move? Go get me a superstar wide receiver. You know?
2: Uh Kyler Murray got I like DeAndre the receivers. Hopkins. Uh, yeah. I don't need to pay Josh for Josh Allen
4: got Stephon about, Diggs. About, I know you like Nico Collins, and, and, and Tank Dell was great before the injury. You could go big game hunting and go out and get somebody, Colin. Uh, A.J. Brown doesn't seem thrilled in Philly. Uh, yeah, Stephon Diggs, Stephon want, Diggs we'll uh, see what happens in Buffalo. I don't but,
2: need the drama. I like my young, inexpensive receivers. You can go get the ego and the drama. Even yeah, never, uh, Patrick Mahomes, they got him
4: Sammy Watkins. I know that Watkins was never yeah, a superstar, a but he was hit. a top ten pick. Uh, big, At the time, he was a big name, I'm saying.
2: Uh, no. like They could go out and get somebody. Uh, no, You're saying no. Draft. You know what I want? Make sure his offensive line gives protection because when that kid has a third second to throw, it's lights but out. You've got the quarterback on the rookie deal. You're going to CJ Stroud's rookie deal up, you're going to give him 55 million
4: a year. You got to spend this offseason to get this team into Super Bowl contention. And you're
2: saying you don't want to add a receiver? We can add one. I'm not going to get a superstar. I got two, three guys I like. Go draft another one. Okay. All right. I'm telling uh, Rome uh, Odunze.
4: You're not getting him. He's going. He's going early in the draft. Ah, uh, not as early as you think.
2: Really? I think the LSU. You put kid. some money if he goes top I ten? I think or not. the LSU receivers. Neighbors? Oh, come on. Yeah, LSU never has a receiver. Rome yeah. all day. Goodness,
4: he's so talented. You know, somebody told me he's going to be like Keenan Allen in the pros. Just catches everything.
2: Well, that'd awesome be good. Keenan's pretty good. Did you know Discover wants everybody to feel special? That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 customer service, zero dollar fraud liability, never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card limitations apply.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hey, we're Covino and Rich. Fox Sports Radio
2: every day, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. But here's the thing. We never have enough time to get to everything we want to get to. And that's why we have a brand new podcast called Overpromised. You see, we're having so much fun in our two-hour show, we never get to everything. Uncensored, by the way. So maybe we'll go at it even a little harder. It's going to be the best after-show podcast of all time. There you go. Overpromising, perfect. and remember, you could see it on YouTube, but definitely join us. Listen to Overpromised with Covino and Rich on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you coming?
4: to start listening
2: so uh I debuted this several years ago and it was an absolute disaster on the air it was called the quarterback face bracket where I picked the playoff games only on who had the better quarterback first year it was awful and in the last couple years it has been marginally redeemable but as the as the NFL has become more quarterback dependent and more offensive coach driven, I have a feeling this year, my initially embarrassing quarterback face bracket may hit pay dirt. So I will pick the playoff games, the winners, based solely on who I believe today is the best quarterback. So we start in the AFC, Joe Flacco and C.J. Stroud. Now, Flacco was a great story, but he hasn't been great this year. He's their fourth quarterback, and he is limited mistakes, passer rating low 90, but C.J. Stroud is the better quarterback this morning, this afternoon. So I'll take C.J. Stroud, AFC wild Card round in my quarterback face bracket. Two of Patrick Mahomes don't need to waste a lot of time here. I think two is much more of a game manager. I think Patrick Mahomes is a game elevator. I will take Kansas City and Mahomes in my quarterback face bracket. Again, Josh Allen at home against Mason Rudolph. Feels pretty obvious to me. It's Josh Allen. In the NFC, it's a little dicey. Jalen Hurts against Baker Mayfield. Now, Baker was a number one pick. Jalen Hurts a second round pick. But I do think the athletic ability and decision making of Jalen Hurts Baker may throw a prettier ball with time to throw but I would take Jalen Hurts is the better quarterback today Stafford and Goff both top 12 but I think most people would acknowledge Stafford throws one of the best balls in the league former number one pick hyper talented Rams moved off Goff for Stafford McVay knows his offense I would take Stafford And this is interesting. I think Jordan Love has a higher ceiling. I think he throws a prettier ball and is more gifted athletically than Dak Prescott. But today, this morning, in this spot, Dak Prescott's the better quarterback. Jordan Love is really talented, but still can be erratic, prone to some mistakes. Just hasn't seen all the defenses live like Dak Prescott has. So in review, my winners, according to my... AFC and NFC, Wild Card Round Bracket, CJ Stroud, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Matt Stafford, and Dak Prescott. Any pushback, J-Mac, for any of those? Unfortunately, I have pushback on one. You're not going to like it.
4: Um, It's funny. I on my podcast I ranked the quarterbacks on wild card, you know, uh weekend, super wild card weekend. And I had Joe Flacco ahead of CJ Stroud. And I took a couple things into consideration. Number one is experience. His nickname is January Joe Flacco. He's ten and five in the playoffs in his career. He is the moment's not gonna be too big for him. And Colin, I'm not saying it's gonna be too big for Stroud, but the history of first round picks who are rookies in the playoffs. It's not good Yeah, against quarterbacks who have experience. We might see Stroud have a rough day, and I don't want people to overreact if Joe Flacco's tremendous, but I would rank Flacco ahead of Stroud. That that would be my only issue, and experience does matter. I know he hasn't had a
2: playoff game in like six, seven years. No, Flacco was always good in the postseason. He's just going to walk in just Joe Flacco, just casual. I think Cleveland has the better roster, so that's possible. But that would be my only quibble, if you will. Yeah. So I saw this, the Warriors, Draymond Green is back. You know I employ him as a podcaster. Um, And Steve Kerr has been very pointed and and very honest. We can't have apologies. You just have to be better in real time with officials. Um, You know, I, I was thinking about this, that the Warriors' bigger issue and the NBA's bigger issue is beyond Draymond Green. Green and the Warriors have been wildly popular and polarizing. And Draymond Green is part of their popularity. People defend him. People don't like him. He's the current villain in the NBA. There's no question. And that has real value. So was Bill Lambeer. So was Rodman. The May- the Bulls and the Pistons are, and these Warriors, are three of the five, six most popular teams I can ever remember. The bad boy Pistons were wildly popular. So were Jordan's Bulls. So are the Warriors. The Spurs had great players. What was polarizing? Milwaukee, what's polarizing? Denver, eh, it does matter. Rodman, Lambeer, Draymond, they're part of the appeal. But um, two things have really carried the NBA's eroding ratings over the last 15 years. One is LeBron, and two is the Warriors. And they are both fading, one of them Warriors, very quickly. So I love Jokic, but the last five MVPs and your top five MVP voters, SGA, Embiid, Giannis, Jokic, Luka, they're all international players. Now, baseball's gotten more international. Hockey's always been international. I don't mind international. I don't necessarily think it helps your domestic TV ratings. We'd rather watch our Olympians than other Olympians. That's the reality of it. Whatever the media says you should watch... We tend to want to watch Americans crush. We watch them in college. We watch them March Madness. We watch them in college football. Then we watch just an easier follow. So uh, the Warrior Celtics final had over a million more people watching than Denver and Miami. Miami's popular, but Denver's led by Jokic, who again I think is is remarkable. So there's sort of a, there's sort of a domestic supply chain. Uh, shortage is that we're looking, Zion didn't work, John Morant hasn't, those were going to be emerging stars, Ant Edwards in Minnesota, that's not a high-profile team, so it's kind of fascinating, we've talked about this with the NBA, I love the NBA, and I love the international players, I love Giannis, I love Jokic, I know everybody says it's ugly basketball, I covered Sabonis for years in Portland, I loved watching him play. When your center's your best passer, and arguably your best shooter, I think it's fascinating, but it's interesting. The Warriors and LeBron have carried this league for 15 years. They've really carried the ratings, and the Warriors are fading fast. And LeBron's not necessarily as a player. We saw that dunk the other night. But there are limitations what that roster can do if they don't make some whammo trade at the deadline. I got your guy for you. The next great American NBA star who's mm-hmm. going to carry the league. Who? You go ahead. You know, Jason who is. Tatum. Jason
4: Tatum. There you go. It's that's him. He's the guy. Oh, he's so good. Who's who's a better American player
2: right mm-hmm. now? No, he. I think he is.
4: He's a guy. Yeah. I mean, I guess people, Embiid, you know, played at Kansas and, you know. Well,
2: these are international-born players. Mm, yeah. Listen, all these sport, the globalization of sports, to me, this is why all the leagues, baseball's never had more good players. Ever. Football, basketball. These leagues have never had more talent. But I'm just talking about the NBA's ratings are always a topic. Not necessarily they on this show. They shouldn't be, but. Well, they're, you know. they're a topic. And I do think what's fascinating for the league Remember when Jordan left, David Stern's like, oh, let's go elevate this guy, this guy, this guy. League lost half its numbers. Remember that, when Jordan left, because he was so well, appealing. Also, so it's going to be fascinating yeah. that we are pivoting to the international NBA, which I love watching. I'm not sure the whole country's as into it as I am. Just It's just fascinating. Mark Sanchez, hour three, two done, quickly, been a fun show, live in L.A. It's 3rd.